You're tuning in to Taz Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania as always or as usual and you can get us through 87.6 um, or 87.8 or 88.0 and you can also get us through the Faith FM app uh, which you can get from the app store or you can get us through the faith fm website that is faithfm.com.au and every wednesday we have rako chelich um joining us from bernie and rako will be continuing with this series of um title of programs titled 3mj3 uh, 3mj sorry uh, where the 3m stands for movement message and mission and J standing for Jesus, Movement, Message, and Mission of Jesus. Welcome, Rako. How are you today? Good. Thank you, Tabitha. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's another beautiful day. It's not very sunny like last week, but um, it's not so cold. And um, that's something to be grateful for because I hate the cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the cold I, I had I, I had recently someone say to me that uh, for them, September is the coldest month in uh, Tasmania. So I'm really trying to see if that theory is right. And uh, I don't know, it's almost like I'm convincing myself it's actually true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, when you experience June and July, you'll probably think twice about that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Arako, um, I'm just thinking because you seem like you like to study the Bible a lot, which is very impressive. Um, and I learned so much from you. What kind of biblical stories do you like to talk about? I think uh, when it comes to, uh, I enjoy really diving into the Word of God and always learning. I, I feel like I never know enough, and uh, I'm always hungering to know more and more. But uh, I guess uh, I'm a very factual type person, um, not so much of a storyteller. It's something that I'm trying to develop more and more over the last couple of years. But I guess when it comes to a biblical topic, uh, I'm very passionate talking about uh, Jesus, who he is, his nature, the nature of man, the nature of Christ, um, salvation. And how does this uh, relate to, in terms of a fancy word called eschatology, end time events? Uh, but really, I enjoy talking about justification by faith and righteousness by faith. And, you know, the, these words, justification and righteousness, they actually uh, mean the same thing. And in the Greek, you only have one Greek word, uh, and it can be translated as justification or righteousness. Mm. And uh, I think today there are people who don't fully understand some of these concepts, righteousness and justification. There's things out there where people talk about, well, righteousness is... Uh, it is a victory over sin, it is holiness, it is... But, you know, when I really... I'm not going to say that it's not those things. I believe uh, it is part of all of that. But I think ultimately it is really... Righteousness is love and righteousness is God's character. And, uh, you know, it's interesting when you when you study uh, Seventh-day Adventist history um, and we go back to our roots... Uh, in the early 1840s, mm-hmm. uh, there was something called a great and bitter disappointment in 1844, and um, eventually uh, these people who went through that uh, they 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 formed a church eventually uh, called the Seventh Day Adventist Church. Mm-hmm. Um, the name was first mentioned in 1860, um, and then in 1863, a General Conference of the Seventh Day Adventist Church was established, but. I'm giving a little bit of history because when you look at our Adventist church, they weren't really proclaiming the message so much of justification by faith or righteousness by faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in the background, 
because keep in mind, uh, you have uh, the Adventist Church was it came from a background of people like Baptist and Presbyterian and Congregationalist and Methodist, and so those who became pioneers of the church, they said, well. Uh, people already understand salvation, so we need to talk about things like the Sabbath and uh, the state of the dead and what happens when a person dies. So justification by faith, righteousness by faith was really in the background. Mm. And uh, then in the 1880s, uh, there were two men, A.T. Jones, E.J. Wagner. They were younger uh, pastors. They began talking about this message. Um, and then there was a general conference session that took place in 1888, mm. and it did did not go really well. Um, these messages were presented, um, and uh, you know, really, it was saying this: we are not saved by works. We're not saved by keeping the law of God. We're not saved by keeping the Ten Commandments. We're saved by grace through faith. We're saved by Christ. But that does not disregard of us keeping the Sabbath. We keep these things because we love God. If you love me, keep my commandments. Mm. But what was interesting is that uh, at that eighty-eight. Uh, general conference session and some 14 years later um, a woman by the name of Ellen White who is one of the um, uh, w- one of the um, you can see founders uh, and there's three of them James White and Joseph Bates and she was one of them of the Adventist Church she said she was present at that general conference session and she said this was one of the saddest chapters in the history of our denomination because mm-hmm. when this message was presented and, and it was being taught mm-hmm. um, there were those who agreed to the message, there were those who uh, uh, did not accept the message, and there were those who were ignorant. And then in our church in the 1890s, there was this uh, teaching among uh, church pastors to teach them about this message of justification by faith, righteousness by faith, and there was a great revival in the Adventist church in the 1890s, and you know people had to be taught, hey, um, we've gone, <laughs> we need, <laughs> and this is really important because it's actually part of the third angel's message. Um, you know, when you when you come to the three angels' messages, it's the mission of the Adventist church. And some people, they will talk about the third angel's message and focus much about the mark of the beast, which is important, and the commandments of God. But the third angel's message finishes off with the faith of Jesus. You know, it's not just faith in Jesus, but the faith of Jesus. And this is, you know, what is the faith of Jesus? Well, Christ came to this world, mm-hmm. as John 14, verse 9 says, He came to show us what the Father is like. Mm-hmm. A- and uh, by, really, Jesus came here to uh, reveal, you know, His Father's character. And that's mm-hmm. what ultimately, uh, when, when I study the Scriptures, Isaiah 43, verse 7, you know, we were created for His glory. What's His glory? Well, we go to Exodus chapter 33, 18, 19, Exodus 34, uh, verses 5 uh, to 7. Really, glory is God's character. Mm. Um, you know, I want to reflect God's character. After all, Genesis chapter 1, we were created in the image of God. Mm. And so we can talk about all the commandments of God. That's important. But what about the faith of Jesus? Mm. A- and so, um, th- you know, I believe that's something I'm really passionate about um, and talking about. A- and not only that, but it's also tied to Romans 4, uh, where the Bible talks about imputed righteousness um, or accounted righteousness. Abraham believed God and it was accounted or it was imputed for him for righteousness. And, you know, some people get a little bit uh, nervous when you use words like imputed or imparted righteousness because this is nothing new under the sun. This is something that has been um, just not 
sometimes passed down to the next generation and taught. Imputed righteousness simply means this. You are accredited with righteousness. Um, just think of it this way, Tabitha. Mm-hmm. You have no money and your parents give you $2,000, you don't deserve it. Mm. And so you're credited with that. And so, Mm. you know, when we come to Jesus, you know, our righteousness is like filthy rags, but He credits us with His righteousness. And uh, I I like what that book, Steps to Christ, um, also uh, mentions that, you know, when we come to Christ, you know, we are imperfect, but we accept Him by faith, Mm. and then we are seen righteous as though we have never sinned. Oh, wow. Indeed. Uh, I agree with you, Rako. I believe um, having faith is very important um, in having that relationship with God and with Jesus and also um, in salvation because faith is obviously um, believing what you haven't seen and we have not seen Jesus. We have not seen God. So if you don't have faith, then it will be very hard to have that relationship with him. Um, just to remind our listeners of our studio number, it's um, 0488-880-891. That's our show number. Text us with any questions you may have, any comments, any feedback we'd like to hear from you. Um, Braco, we have about a minute and a half left in this section. Um, did you want us to pray or... I, I want to ask you a question, because <laughs> yeah. because you know I I could have easily gone for the next hour on this topic, um, but uh, let let me ask you a question. <laughs> what do you enjoy studying or meditating when it comes to the Bible, the Word of God? For me, it's the love of Jesus, how Jesus loved, um, the love of God, um, mm-hmm. yeah, through offering His Son, um, Jesus Christ to come and die for us. Uh, my favorite uh, verse in the Bible is um, um, 1 Peter 5 verse 7, which says, um, cast all your cares upon Him because He cares for you. And um, obviously, like if you have really that deep connection or relationship with God, you will understand what that means. You'll know that when you leave everything with Jesus, um, you just have that peace of mind, which is very important. And yeah, just how God um, gave his son to die for our sins. You know what's really cool about First Peter five seven. You know, you mentioned you know you cast all your cares upon him, and and that's that's your favorite Bible verse. I never knew that, but you know, I learned this many years ago. Um, well, actually, not many years ago, just a few years ago. Um, that in the Greek, it the word cast means that it it's cast so far that you can't even reach it. See, mm-hmm. if you if you're sitting, let's say at the moment, I'm sitting on a table, and I just cast my pen or pencil from from me about let's say a foot or 30 centimeters i can still reach it Mm. but if i cast it um three meters out i can't just easily grab it Mm. and so in this case you're casting all your cares upon him you can't reach it because you're fully trusting in him you're mm. fully trusting in God. Mm, indeed. That's pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's, it is, trust me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we are going to go for a break, and we're going to listen to this song, Signs of the Times, by Andy McLeod. And um, the title for today's um, sharing or today's program is um, The Great Tribulation, Part 3. And, yeah, that's where the this song comes in, Signs of the Times. Daily in the papers, war rumbles in the land. Global 
Christmas troubles man A papal call to Sunday Biggie comes worldwide command A time of trouble enters Such as never known to man Signs of the times are around us Prophets tell of glory Also tell of men and made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tazi and Candace and um, you're with Draco Chalet today and Draco will be talking about the Great Tribulation Part 3 
Um, Raku, do you want to do you want to pray? You can pray, or I can pray, so we can get into today's program. Well, let's have a prayer. Dear Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, that we can finally finish this um, um, this part. And Lord, I just pray that you'll be with us, uh, and Lord, help us to um, be able to actually enjoy this um, this uh, this Matthew chapter twenty four and what we're learning, Lord. So please guide us now in Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. Amen. So we've been looking at Matthew 24, and uh, we have read verse 29, and I'm going to get you to read Matthew 24, verse 29 to verse 31, please. Um, the title is The Coming of the Son of Man. Um, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And um, they will see the Son of Man coming down on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. There are cosmic signs mentioned in verse 29, and we've studied this before. I can't get into all of it, but it talks about how the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, and this is seen as the dark day of 1780. It also mentions the stars will fall from heaven, and Um, this is, yes? I was going to say, if like someone wants to know more about that, uh, you shared last week, and they can listen to last week's program from um, Faith FM app or Faith FM website. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Tabitha. And and the stars falling, historically, this was 1833. And it talks about the powers of the heaven will be shaken. Well, that's something still in the future, and we'll touch on that today. But then we see in verse 30, the tribes of the earth are mourning. You know, why are they mourning? Uh, It's because they're lost. Jesus is coming. They're not ready. And uh, I also mentioned how, you know, there's a chart um, when we look at things where Jesus prophesied these things in AD 31, here in Matthew 24, and Jerusalem was destroyed in AD 70. This is in relation to the abomination of desolation. We talked about the great tribulation of 1260 years uh, from AD 538 when the papacy came to power and then received a deadly wound in 1798. And before the great tribulation came to an end, um, the tribulation would be shortened. That doesn't mean that the papal reign would be shortened. And we talked about how this was in the middle of the 18th century. Uh, And what we see is that soon after this, there was a dark day, and then the stars falling. And then in the future, there would be a time where there would be a great tribulation again, and it would be the second stage, and uh, the Mm -hmm. papacy's wound would be healed, and then we see Jesus will come back again. And then last time we went to Revelation chapter 6, and this is where we stopped. And we gave an introduction here uh, when it comes to the seals. And uh, we talked about how these seals represent different time periods of earth's history leading up to the second coming of Jesus. And uh, we're going to talk about the fifth seal. And the Mm -hmm. fifth seal is from approximately about the the 1500s to about the middle of the 1700s. So can you please read Revelation chapter 6 and verse 9? Tabitha, please. Sure. Um, The title is Fifth Seal, um, The Cry of the Martyrs. 
When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, God, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Stop Uh, there. Stop there. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So here we see... There are souls under the altar, and this altar is not up in heaven, it's on earth. Mm. And they have been slain, in other words, they have been killed. Mm. And it mentions here um, that they are crying out to the Lord. They say, Lord, how long? You know, you know, when will you judge? And number two, when will you avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Now, keep this in mind. They have been slain, they have been killed, but Mm. they're crying out, they're Mm. speaking. Now, let me ask you a question. Can the dead speak? No. No. Mm. Um, You know, when a person dies, uh, they go into the ground, Mm. uh, their thoughts perish, you know, they have no emotions, the dead know nothing, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 9. But here they're speaking. Keep this in mind that this is a symbolic book. Mm. Okay? Um, And... I'm sure that you've gone through a time of trial and difficulty and suffering, and you've also set out, you said also to the Lord, how long, how long? So mm. this is symbolic. And in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 9 and 10, there you find the story of Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. And Cain killed his brother Abel. Mm-hmm. And in Genesis 4 verse 9 and 10, it says this, Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Mm -hmm. And he said, this is what God said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Mm -hmm. Abel is is also seen as the first martyr that we have in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So these people, they are martyrs. They have died for the Lord of God, um, for the Lord God. And then in verse 11, can you read that for us, please? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who who would be killed as they were was completed. Notice here that they were given a white robe, and in the Bible a robe represents righteousness, Mm. and they were to rest a little longer. What do you think that means, they were to rest a little longer? Um, I okay to me, it seems like um, the time was not the time had not come for um, for God like to sort of answer their cry, right? True, and 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 in the Bible, when someone dies, it's also called rest or sleep, right? Mm. So they were to rest in the grave a little longer, and then it says, until they also have brethren or other fellow believers who would also be killed as they were, was completed. That word completed was fulfilled or expired. So do you notice there was a group of people here that were slain, and then they were resting, and there's a pause button, and then in the future they will be killing again um, in the future of Mm. God's people. Mm. So there's a pause button in between. Is that the one thousand two hundred and? Well, during the during the uh, fifth seal, oh. yeah, it was during the time of the um, papacy, oh, and yeah. and then these people were killed, but then in the future there would be tribulation again, okay, mm-hmm. and this would be sometime after the seventeen fifties or so, sometime in the future there would be a great tribulation again. People would be martyred. Mm. 
Okay, and Revelation 13 expands on this a little bit further and more, which is still in the future. Mm-hmm. So then we come to the sixth seal, mm-hmm. and then it says, uh, I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. Mm-hmm. Now, it's interesting, here it mentions something about a great earthquake, Um here it mentions about the sun became black, um, a sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. Hmm. And we've already read about things in Matthew 24 and Mark 13 and Luke 21 about the moon not giving its light and also a dark day. And this is going in comparison with that, but it adds something here. It talks about the great earthquake. Mm-hmm. And some people might be saying, well, why doesn't Matthew, Mark, or Luke mention anything about a great earthquake? Well, I don't know, to be honest, but uh, very clearly in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I can say this, that it talks about that uh, after the tribulation is shortened, then the moon will not give its light, and there will be this dark day, and the stars will fall. Um, but here it's not saying that. It, it's not saying that, oh, uh, after the tribulation. It doesn't say that. And also we keep this in mind. Sometimes biblical authors will build on what previous biblical authors have said. Um, even the book of Revelation builds on what the book of Daniel says here. And then it says this in verse 13, And the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. What I'm trying to say is, here we see that there is a earthquake that occurs before the dark day and before the stars are falling. Hmm. And uh, can you read verse 14? Um, should we read now? I believe um, it's time for a break. Wow, that's so fast. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> time goes by so quickly. So should we get back to that after the break? Yes, let's do that. Sure. Um, this next song is called There is Power in the Blood, and that is by Alan Jackson. And just to rem- it's just to remind us that um, even if the um, times of the, of the end will be hard, um, we can still be able to stay faithful by through God's power. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide There's wonderful power in the blood There is power, power, wonder-working power In the blood of the Lamb There is power, power, wonder-working power In the precious blood of the Lamb
power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood, in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. You're listening to Tazin Candice with um, Rako Chiles and um, Rako is talking about the Great Tribulation Part 3 and before the break we read a couple of verses and we were just about to read Revelation 6 um, verses 14 and just before I read that I'd like to uh, mention to our listeners that we have a free offer today that we'll, I'm going to give you and we'll give you more details later. Um, did you want me to read verses 14? Yes, please. Read verse 14, because this is what happens next after the great earthquake, the dark day, the stars falling. So let's read what happens next. Um, then the sky receded as a scroll when it rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. You know, it's interesting here. It talks about the sky. The sky is the heavens or the atmosphere. It mm-hmm. receded as a scroll. This is what we're going to see now. This is actually going to be talking about the second coming of Jesus. And it talks about how every island was moved out of its place. And we're not going to go to Revelation chapter 16 because of our time, but when you read from Revelation 16 verses 17 um, to the end of the chapter, you read about the seventh plague, and it talks about how there's the voice of God, it is done, and then it talks about how every island will be fled away, and there's also a great and mighty earthquake then, but that earthquake is different than the earthquake we read of here in Revelation chapter 6. Mm-hmm. Um, continue reading verse 15. Okay, verse 15. Um, and the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves um, and in the rocks of the mountains. Verse 16, please. And said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us, hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne. And from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of His wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Yeah, they don't want to see. And uh, we can compare this with Matthew 24. All the tribes of the earth will mourn um, when Christ comes. They don't want to see Him. And who is able to stand? Well, the the answer is in the next chapter where it talks about God's people at the end of time, um, known as 144,000 who are going to um, be alive when Christ comes back again. And there's many questions out there. Is this literal? Is this a symbolic number? I think what's more important is to look at the characteristics of of, of these people at the end of time. They really have the character of God. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to talk about this great earthquake. Mm-hmm. Um, this great earthquake that took place must take place before the dark day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that took place in 1780. And history tells us that there was this great earthquake that took place in 1755, known as the Lisbon earthquake. And I want to just read some uh, historical um facts about this. It says, and Lisbon is in Portugal, in Europe. In the record of earthquakes between AD 1600 and 1800, approximately 1,800 destructive earthquakes occurred. Of these, the greatest and the most spectacular was the Lisbon earthquake of November 1, 1755. 
This was 25 years prior to the darkening of the sun. Mm -hmm. History confirms that the Lisbon earthquake was the greatest known at that time. Mm -hmm. The effects of the Lisbon earthquake were distributed over very nearly 4 millions of square English miles of the Earth's surface Mm -hmm. and greatly surpassed anything of the kind ever recorded in history. It pervaded the greater uh, proportion of the continents of Europe, Africa, and America. It would, it would appear that all Africa was shaken by this tremendous convulsion. Mm. In Portugal, in six minutes, 60,000 people perished, and the event was indeed recognized as a sign of the end. The earthquake had made all men thoughtful. They mistrusted, sorry, they mistrusted their love of the drama and filled the churches instead. The earthquake also extended to Norway and Sweden, Germany, Holland, France, Great Britain and Ireland were all more or less agitated by the same great commotion of the elements. I I just want to mention, I'm just reading part of the points here. Um, I'm not reading all of my notes, just part of it. The Encyclopedia Americana states that this earthquake extended also to Greenland. Mm. Uh, even to the West Indies, uh, the shock was felt on the same, on the same uh, day. And uh, in Barbados as well, and in Switzerland, and in Italy, tremors and slight uh, oscillations of the ground were felt. It is said that the movement of this earthquake was undulatory, and that it traveled at the rate of 20 miles a minute. A great wave swept over the coast of Spain, and is said to have been 60 feet high at Cadiz. Mm -hmm. So keep in mind, this takes place in 1755, um, uh, we talked about the tri- days of tribulation being shortened, and I did mention in the previous episodes the date of 1762 when the last um, uh, martyr took place. It was a French pastor in 1762. He was seen as a heretic. So this comes just a little bit before that time in 1755. And you know what's interesting? If you look at the book's Great Controversy, on page 304, it talks about the great earthquake of 1755, and it mentions that this was a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. It doesn't say this is an application. It says this is a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. And then in the same book, when you uh, read about the dark day, which took place in 1780, uh, on page 306 and also 308, it also talks about that this is a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Mm-hmm. And then when you read about the stars falling in the same book, in the book Great Controversy on page 333 and 334, again, it talks about how this prophecy received a striking and impressive fulfillment. Mm -hmm. So that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there are always skeptics that that are going to be out there, and people are going to say, well, haven't there been great earthquakes in the past and stars falling and all these things? And there have been, and there's, there's some points to that. But then the question is, what makes these signs so unique? The great earthquake of 1755, the dark day of 1780, and the stars falling in 1833. And I want to give four reasons to answer the skeptics. Mm-hmm. Number one, it's the location. The great earthquake took place in, um, it took place in Europe. And this is significant because uh, papal reign is coming to an end. Remember, the Bible said that it was going to last for 1,260 years, and it's coming to an end. But then also, the dark day taking place in North America, this is significant. And also, the stars falling uh, in 1833, this is significant. This took place in North America um, because, guess what? 
there's another important prophecy in the Bible that uh, people began turning to after the 1260-year period came to an end, and they began opening up um, the Bible to Daniel 8, verse 14, and they said, oh, there's another prophecy called the 2300-year prophecy. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, Long Bible study short, this began in the year 457 B.C., terminates in the year 1844. And so they began studying this prophecy, and they go, whoa, this, this, the, the, Jesus is going to come soon. Now, they got the date correct. They got the event wrong. There was a man by the name of William Miller, mm-hmm. um, just two years prior to the stars falling uh, in 1833, in 1831 himself. So he began to study the Bible and he said, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon because he saw the cleansing of the earth based on Daniel 8 14, uh, or the cleansing of the sanctuary. He believed that was the cleansing of the earth, but no, it had to do something with the heavenly sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And we don't have time to get into this. Mm-hmm. Um, see Mervyn Maxwell. Um, he, he, in his book entitled The Magnificent Disappointment. Um, this disappointment on pages 93 to 94 he talks about the location of these events and he says this the location of the classic signs was highly significant Mm -hmm. they happened in europe and america primarily when people were studying the bible and pondering the prophecies a dark day on the sahara desert or a star shower over new guinea would have said little in those days about the second coming of christ to cannibal headhunters or muslim nomads events need not be universal to deliver a global message a few square miles at hiroshima and nagasaki were sufficient to announce the atomic age a stable in bethlehem ushered in the christian uh, era only a few hundred people saw jesus after his resurrection but they told others. So the location, you know, this is a, a reason um, when it comes to these events to answer the skeptics is, number one, the location, also the order. They did go one after the other. And I don't know any other example within a hundred-year period where you had these signs, uh, the great earthquake, the dark day, the stars falling, in which they occurred in their precise order, uh, as we find in the book of Revelation and in the Gospels. And it's also the timing of it. That's another reason. That's the third reason, the timing. Um, we see it uh, happening before the 1260-year tribulation came to an end, um, and also in relation to the 2300-year prophecy, but also their intensity. And I want to, again, quote from C. Mervyn's Maxwell book entitled Magnificent Disappointment, page 93. It says this, As recently as 1980, the widely respected seismologist G.A. Ebby, in chapter 11 of his Earthquakes, ranked the Lisbon earthquake as the largest shock ever and reckoned that it may well have been reached an almost incredible nine on the Richter scale, seven times stronger than the 1906 San Francisco earthquake, the dark day of May 191780 has not been equaled in North America in the 200 years that have since come and gone. The Leonid shower or the falling of stars of November 13, 1833 gave birth to a new branch of astronomy. Like the Lisbon earthquake and the famous dark day, it too has not been matched in spite of scientific expectations that it would be. And I just want to mention this before we um, uh, have our uh, have our song and we finish off this section. There's functions and purposes of these signs. Mm. Um, the first uh, purpose is, you know, the first stage of persecution by the papacy uh, of the Great Tribulation had come to an end. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the second purpose is it shows that there is something called a judgment that is approaching, um, and that is tied to 1844. As I said, I can't get into that. Mm-hmm. Number three, we see that they start to occur uh, just before and after the beginning of the time of the end, which began in 1798. And number four, these signs also announce the soon coming of Jesus Christ. Mm, indeed. Um, it's time to take another break. And uh, just before that, I'd like to mention the offer for today, which is a new book called The Story of Story of Hope. Sorry, And uh, this book is meant to give us hope because um, uh, of these end times and what we understand, um, the science, how the science will be and causing of great tri- tribulation. Um, this book g- gives a glimpse into a time when suffering will be normal. And it's by Ellen White. Um we we think how did our world get so messed up? Where is there suffering? Where 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 did evil come from? Will it ever end? Um, and questions like this trouble us, and um, science has no answers to them, and philosophy has many conflicting answers. So where can we find the truth? And from the the Bible offers information and solutions that have stood the test of time. And drawing on the Bible's account, this book, Story of Hope. It offers a glimpse behind history's curtain. It reveals the origin of evil, some of the ways God has dealt with evil in the past, and his plan for resolving it completely in the near future. And as such, it's, this book is a brief introduction to the Bible's big story centered in Jesus and the hope for his return. I will give you the code to ask for that book um, after the break. And now we're going to listen to this song, Faith. He spoke the worlds from nothing by His breath It's believing He rewards you if you seek Him with all you are That He holds the book of life, the keys to death You can learn of God through the simple faith of man How no one God's command You've heard of Daniel And the lion's den And we know all about The faith of Abraham There's a choir of those Who've gone before us Who trusted God And followed where he Kingdoms 
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Taz Encounters on Faith FM with Draco Chalets. And uh, before the break, before we went for a break, I promised to give you the code to claim today's offer, which is the book Story of Hope by Ellen White. And um, the code to claim that book is 3MJ4. Um, text 3MJ4 um, to 048 and we'll get that book sent to you. Araku, we are in the last section and we have, we actually have four minutes left. Um, what else do you have for us as we finish off on this title, The Great Tribulation? Can you please read for us Luke chapter 21, verse 25 and 26, please? 
Sure. Um, and there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, this distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Mm. Here it adds a few things that Mark doesn't mention and also Matthew. It, it mentions also that there will be um, distress of nations, uh, men's hearts failing them from fear of expectation of those th- things which are coming on the earth and then uh, these things are going to happen before the powers of heaven and and we see these things happening already but the powers of heaven will be shaken and the heaven is the atmosphere the sky and it's interesting how we read in revelation chapter 6 verse 14 the sky or the atmosphere receded as a scroll and when we go to different Bible verses like Isaiah chapter 13, uh, verses 10 to 13, and Joel chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, and Joel chapter 3, verse 15 to 17. It talks about there how the heavens will be shaken. They will be moved. It also talks about the stars there, that they will uh, diminish their brightness. They're not falling, but they diminish their brightness. Um, and so this is something that's going to happen in the future with the voice of God, part of the seventh plague. I also want to mention this. In the future, there will be a great tribulation, uh, the seven last plagues. There will be a little time of trouble before that time. And uh, we, we, we get this from Daniel chapter 11, the last couple of Bible verses in Revelation 13. And I just want to share a few things here, giving some hope. Yes, there will be difficulty, and it's not going to all be rosy. Uh, the Bible does say in uh, Acts chapter 14, verse 22, we must through many tribulations enter into the kingdom of God. And when we enter into that kingdom, the gate is a pearly gate. And just keep this in mind, a pearl is formed through irritations. So, you know, it's through irritations and hardships we will enter into the kingdom of God. Uh, Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Uh, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3 verse 12, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus uh, will suffer persecution. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible says in James chapter 1 and verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. You know, mm-hmm. Think about that, count it all joy. It's easier said than done. The, the, I'm sure that all of us want to have hope and we want to have character and p- p- uh, we want to have you know, perseverance, but do we want to really go through tribulation? I don't think many of us want to, but yet the Bible mentions in Romans 5, verse 3 and 4, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Um, The Bible talks about in Romans chapter 8, who shall separate us from the love of God? Um, The Bible says in first. Peter 4.16, yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. Jesus said, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mm. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. And then it says this, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And in Luke 21 Mm-hmm. And verse uh, 27, it says this, Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the cloud and power and great glory. Mm-hmm. Now when these things begin to happen, look up. 
Beautiful. Look up and lift up your head because your redemption draws near. It draws nigh. Jesus is coming soon. And I just want to finish off with this illustration. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes when you fly in a plane, there's turbulence. Um, you can go through a turbulation. And maybe you're even going through turbulence now and some tribulation at the moment. But, you know, that plane, you know, I heard from a pilot, when the plane's going through turbulence, the first thing is to do is to slow down. Mm. And, you know, sometimes I know even myself, even though I'm teaching the Bible, it doesn't mean that I'm really connecting a lot with God and having devotion. And so we just sometimes need to slow down in our life Mm. and spend that time with God. And number two, how does that plane keep straight in the time of turbulence? Well, it's, it's, it's... it's the tail. And what's specifically, specifically on the tail? There's a vertical stabilizer. And you know, how, what does this mean for us? Well, we need a f- vertical stabilizer. We need the ultimate stabilizer in our life, and that is to have Jesus in our life. So I just want to encourage people um, to pray such as never before and to watch and to work for the Lord such as never before. Jesus is coming soon. Look up, lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Oh, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Raku, for that powerful sharing. I really hope our listeners have been blessed. Um, Raku, what do you have for us next week? Uh, next week, we're looking at the parable of the fig tree. Oh, interesting. Join us next week on Wednesday at 9 to learn more about that. And tomorrow we have Peter Watts. Um, Continue with this series, Searching for Certainty, and Peter will be talking about who is the Antichrist. So join Peter and Jason tomorrow to learn more about that. And um, just to remind our listeners, the code to get the offer for today is 3MJ4. To um, text that, 3MJ4 to 0488880891 to get the book, The Story of Hope by Ellen White. We're going to finish this uh, with this song, Standing on the Promises by Sila. Um, and enjoy the rest of your day wherever you are. <laughs>